The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The following program is recommended for ages 18 and over due to adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Behind the Scenes, a look at some of the sometimes steamy inside of Hollywood with your host, Hollywood executive and former Victoria's Secret model, Summer Helene. Our program features the gossip, the dish, and the stories of what's really going on behind your favorite movies, television shows, and celebrities from the people who are involved in the industry. Now, here is your host, Summer Helene. Hi guys, welcome to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene. I have been called the Wicked Witch of the West Coast, the baddest bitch in Hollywood and about 30 other things, but I am your Hollywood bad guy. I will give you your insight on how to get your films made, how to get around the executives, you know, people like me, and we're going to talk about what it takes to kick your way in the Hollywood door. Today, we're going to be talking about something a little interesting, but first, I am going to drag John Kessner, who you're like better than you like me. Onto the, hey. front, onto the uh, show with me. Hi, John. How are you doing today? Great. How are you? I am exhausted. Oh, okay. Well, you're feeling better, though. Tired, yes, but- I am. Fe- I, I am feeling better. I was telling you um, before we got on, I'm a little tired, but my arm's functioning. Right. And that's so, better. Well, just stay out of the ring, you know? Just stay out of Thunderdome and... I, I, I would stay out of Thunderdome, but I was, I was on my bed when it hurt my arm. So oh, just well, saying. even in your dating life, stay out of Thunderdome. Exactly. So I wanted to talk to you a little, John. There was an Italian actor. His name was Raphael Schumacher. Schumacher. He was 27. He accidentally hanged himself while on, sta- on stage. He, um, the people claim the noose was meant to be a fake and the safety box was moved. Um, he's oh. now been declared clinically brain dead. They're saying it was an accident, but there's a whole group of people coming out saying he did this for publicity and thought he'd get away with it. Well, you know, and also being brain dead doesn't necessarily negate a career in Hollywood either. No, no, it really doesn't. I mean, so, we've, all, you know, we've all met Gary. We've all seen Gary Busey. Yeah. So, but what do you, um, I mean, do you, do you think somebody would put their life at risk for a moment of fame? Oh, absolutely. I, I, you know... I mean, it was, excuse me, it was probably an accident, but I mean, you know, this has happened before. I think there was a guy playing Judas in Jesus Christ Superstar who hung himself, and, and I think it was in Europe. I think it happened there. Really? This was some years ago, and the guy hung himself right on stage, and everybody thought it was just part of the show. Uh, I mean, it was, it was part of the show. It was in the script, but uh, the, the harness or whatever failed, and he, you know, strangled. Um, so... I, I don't think I don't know I don't know why somebody would do it on was it was it part of the act I mean was he supposed it to was. do it was he was he was originally supposed to be shot he switched it to a hanging scene he himself and this is what happened Oh so uh he probably should have stuck with the cap gun but uh I don't yeah I don't I mean I I think people take foolish risks to get ahead uh you know they're asked to do you know things and they just do them you know 
jump through that glass window, you'll be in a movie. Oh, great. You know, people line up and here, sign, sign this so that, you know, you can't sue anybody if it goes horribly wrong. That happens. A, I think that happens a lot. I mean, look what happened. Uh, I think for the first time we had uh, a director who is in jail because they were shooting an independent film on a, um, was it a Georgia railway line? It was, they, were, they were shooting the uh, Greg Ullman script, the, the story about Greg Ullman, mm-hmm. of the Ullman brothers. And William Hurt was in the cast. And, I mean, if everybody's seen anything of that, I mean, you see the footage of them scrambling. They were on a railroad track illegally because they were told they weren't allowed. So they just did it anyway. And a girl, one of the crew was killed. Another girl had her arm horribly mangled. Um, and for the first time, uh, a filmmaker went to jail for it. Actually had to do time. So Well, the question, I, 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 actually, I can see that. I can see, I mean, there is an inherent risk, especially when you're dealing with guerrilla filmmaking. I mean, let's face it, we've all done dumb stuff trying to get that shot. And you hear about directors doing that. And I look forward, we're going to have John Reynolds on the show today. And as a director, I'd like to talk to him. Uh, For those of you that don't know, John Reynolds worked on Benji, E.T., Twilight Zone. He has worked on everything with everyone. Um, And we will be talking to him later in the show. I I would like to know his perspective. So I definitely would uh, like you to bring this up again, John. What do you think? I mean, do you think... Legally, the director is responsible for putting somebody in danger trying to get that magic shot. Well, I I wouldn't put it all. I you know it's kind. Of, uh, this goes back you know a long way because this kind of things happened before. I mean, look what happened on the Twilight Zone movie in the early eighties. Uh, and that the one John was on, <laughs> John Landis. Um, yeah, was John Reynolds on that? I believe so. Oh wow! Then we definitely. <laughs> We need to ask him about We definitely that. need to talk about John about this, yeah. Yeah, because that, that resulted in three deaths. And, um, you know, it was a highly publicized trial. There were at least two books about it. Um, and uh, I read both. And they, uh, it, was just, it was just fascinating, you know, the, the things that were done to try. Because, you know, the kids, were, there were two children that were killed, and they were there illegally. Uh, that, and that's one of the reasons why there are so, very, so many strict rules on the industry for, for children. Kids. Yeah. You know, so, well, if, and, if, you know, after that, there should be. <laughs> I mean, come on. A helicopter fell on them. So, um, well, you, you even know, have so to look at that, Disney, that damn Disney film about lemmings where Disney killed all the lemmings. I mean, we've done some pretty heinous things. Oh, yeah. Uh, look at the horses that were killed over the years and, and all the wildlife. It's, you know, I mean, I, I think that was a real rabbit they killed in the Missouri breaks. Uh, yeah. Marlon Brando killed a real rabbit. And, you know, I mean, there's all kinds of stories. But, I mean, you know, these are giant million-dollar productions, and um, I, I, there's a certain amount of risk to some of them. I think that's been, you know, pretty much negated now because, through CGI, because, yeah. you know, which in a sense, makes movies less interesting to me because you just know oh, nobody's doing any of this. It's all, it all looks like a video game to me now. But, I mean, I go back and watch the James Bond movies and you know, watch a guy ski off a, a cliff and parachute down because it was like three miles down or something. And, you know, it is very exciting. and it, you know, You're still talking about it three, four decades later. So this, it's great, but, you know, there is a certain amount of risk. I mean, you know, there are people that have been... Uh, you know, crippled or killed, um, 
and you know sometimes not even doing that big of you know threat so there's just a risk to living i mean you know um so i i you know i don't know um i don't think people would do it i think they get uh i think they get overconfident i think they think, I think they, they can get, get away with it yeah they think like oh no this will be fine you can jump off that building that balloon's big enough you're fine well if you've be ever the seen the movie the other guys you know, they're, they're sitting there joking there wasn't even an awning. But that, that is a real thing. I mean, people really, oh, well, I really, think the really. stunt man. Do you remember that with Peter O'Toole? Yeah. Where it was about a director who, who is deliberate. He, he killed this stunt man and he brought in a criminal to take his place. <laughs> and, then it, and then it looked like he was trying to kill him. <clears throat> That's a great it's movie no, that came out in it, 1980. It is. It's just, it's, it catches you. You have those moments where you're sitting there going, why? At what point have we put the dollar over human life? And that then takes us, of course, to environmental corporate questions and all sorts of things. But specifically in Hollywood, I mean, we really have put the dollar over human life. Well, Hollywood, you know, it wants your soul and your butt too. So, I mean, you know, if you're willing to offer it up, it'll take it. I, I got you know, to say, I sold my butt to Hollywood a long time ago. Yeah. Well, it wants your soul, too. So, you know, it's, yeah. uh, you know, it'll, it'll take whatever you've got and actually, you know, doesn't necessarily have to give you back everything you wanted. And there's been plenty of people who have, you know, hung themselves, whether on stage or in their apartments or wherever, that didn't didn't get what they bargained for. So it's just, you know... It's very high stakes. People want it. They want the fame. They want the glory. They want the money. The question is, uh, is it worth dying for? Well, I mean, there's plenty of cautionary tales that would say no, but yet, you know, you still put that, you still see that sign up on the hill and you see everything it represents and you still want it and you still go after it. And uh, there's a lot of people that would tell you, well, no, for the poor schmucks who killed themselves or died or whatever, but then they're you know, right back in that lemming rat race trying to get to it. So, um, and for whatever reason, you know, there's, there's a million different reasons for why people what, want to do it. What, what about you? Why do you constantly throw yourself back at that wall? Oh, I, I just get, I, I get, I just get so much satisfaction from it. I mean, you know, I, the way I grew up, I grew up in front of a TV watching movies and, you know, movies to me were, the preferred reality, um, I, I thought, I mean, you know, um, but, uh, I had, I had a really, I had a good life. I had a really good young life. So it's not because there was anything really wrong. It's just that I just loved the, what the movies did and they have always been there for me and I've always wanted to be a part of it. And I feel happy when I'm writing and when I'm creating, you know, um, so it's just, I haven't had that soul-crushing experience to where I turn into the angry, bitter guy. Because I do know so many writers that, uh, because whether they had any success or not, you know, they, they're, just, they're just so bitter and they're so angry. And it wasn't, didn't turn out the way they wanted. They didn't get what they wanted. And I think that was probably more unrealistic expectations on their behalf than instead of what the industry itself has. Because my experiences have been... Yeah. You know, it's been frustrating, and it's been, you know, very ongoing. And, um, you know, I certainly can't say I'm there yet, that's for sure. But, uh, 
you know, I've had good experiences, and I take people for what they're, you know, what how they appear to me or how whether they come through or not. They're, I know they're some are trying, some aren't. I've you know I've had good experiences, so I can't complain. Um, but yeah, I, I know a lot of. But I mean, writers are a neurotic bunch anyway. They are. You know, they're um, they are. They they you know very uh, <laughs> very selfish, very suspicious. Uh, they're not you know they're not good people people because they're writers. They're they're at home trying to figure out how people operate and put that on paper. They're not actually out there you know like so many other people in the industry who benefit from, you know, bouncing off people and, you know, connecting and talking. And so it's, you know, so I can't really go by fellow writers because they're kind of a messed up bunch anyway. But uh, I just enjoy it. The the writers I know, I love. I I love the writers I know. You, Dev, I, I know a ton of writers. And to me, they're the best people in Hollywood. They're the most empathetic. Which I, I know sounds funny, but genuinely, writers I've always found the most empathetic people. If, yeah, if they're good and open and stuff. But, you know, there's a lot of them that aren't. And, um, uh, exactly. and I don't it's want to bag on writers. Mark Hel- so. Haplin, we talked about him on The Worst People in Hollywood and How Not to Get Fucked in Hollywood show. Mark Haplin, <laughs> yeah, he's a bad writer. <laughs> he's, a, he's a bad guy. <laughs> But but beyond that, it's um, Halprin. That's it, Mark Halprin. We don't. Oh, like okay. Him. But um, yeah, there. I mean, there. From what I've heard, there are some amazing, amazing people. But you're right. On the flip side, I really think it's what you put into it and what people put into it. Mm. We are going to go to break. When we come back, we are going to have John Reynolds on the show. He is absolutely wonderful. We're going to talk a little bit about what it takes to uh, make it in Hollywood. How to start off, where people started off, what did it for him and uh, everyone else John's worked with and we're going to see if uh, John and I can get some gossip out of John. We've got a lot of Johns here. Oh, great. So, oh, great. We'll be right back on Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene. We're on with John Kessner. We'll be on with John Reynolds after the break. This is Behind the Scenes. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England, along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week, and each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. 
You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Beth Green and James Maynard, Interrevolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back Behind the Scenes. Hi guys, welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I am your host, Summer Helene. We are on with John Kessner, who you all love and find funny as hell. And we are on with John Reynolds. John Reynolds is an incredibly, incredibly talented filmmaker. He has worked with um, Native, with Native American film. I can't even remember the name of the nation, so I'm going to have to make him tell you. He has worked with everyone, everyone. John, tell us about yourself. I'm going to have you do it because I can give the intro, but the truth is you always give something more interesting than what I have to say. Ah, jeez. I've just done a little bit of everything. Um, uh, You know, I heard a little bit of the show before I came on, of course, and I I, I think for myself and how I got into the business myself is I I bumbled my way into it. Um, You know, I was a kid raised on a ranch pretty much, a farm life kind of thing in Oklahoma and Panhandle, Texas, and and uh, so the idea of getting in the movie business was like going to the moon. And, um, you know, I just bumbled my way into it. I, I had a high school teacher. Well, my mom remarried and went out to the coast. So I moved up to the Bay Area. And my mom had a, uh, I mean, uh, I, the school I went to, there was an art teacher there. His name was Les Lampson. You should Google that guy. He was pretty incredible. Um, anyway, he's the one that kind of got me started in it. And, uh, even though I didn't have any lines, um, and then I, I don't know, I just bumbled away. I met somebody and they said, you should go to the playhouse and, you know, get some acting lessons because you could be a model. And I just never left the playhouse. I finished there and, you know, I, then I hit the streets for a while and I figured out that wasn't what I wanted to do. I went back to Texas and got behind the camera and, I worked on that for, you know, a bunch of time. I met my first wife there and married and all that stuff. And uh, now, your, fir- your first wife uh, played Gidget. Yeah, well, she she was one of the Gidgets, or several of them. She was one of the Gidgets, yes. Yeah, there were Gid- was- Gidget is like Superman. There are lots of faces of Gidget. Yeah. Was Sally Field the first one? No. Or was she the no, TV no. one? She was the uh, I, I almost the last one. I think they did another gadget after her. She broke my uh, when because that was television mode. Uh, no, she, uh, my mine was Deborah Wally. Uh, she was gadget goes to Hawaiian and uh, gadget goes to Paris. I believe it was something like that. The gadget goes to Hawaiian uh, was the considered, uh, is my understanding of it. You know, 
Now, I didn't try to be biased. It's just my understanding was the best of all of them. But mm-hmm. the original uh, was Sandra D, I believe, who oh, did right. a wonderful job, which is the reason why I think they went with that, you know, that thing there. But I don't know why they didn't go with her. Or maybe she was older at the time. I don't know. But anyway, Deborah ended up being the one. And Deborah was in a couple Elvis movies. She was in one. Uh, she I was. I think she, she was, was in Spin Out. Spin Out? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she was in Spin Out. I thought she was uh, in She two. played the drummer in Elvis' band. She had a crush on him. And it was cute. And beach That's movies? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she did. Uh, Deborah, Deborah was an example of, you know, of a tragedy in Hollywood, actually, in my mind. Um, she um, was discovered, uh, she was at the American Academy in New York. Um, her parents... Uh, the Wallies uh, were a famous uh, ice skating couple for a while, and her father, Nate Wally, uh, was a world champion ice skater. Um, they have moves named after him that they use in ice skating competitions today. Uh, they don't use them as much now, but you'll hear them. They'll call them Wallies. They'll call them out. So she was born in a trunk and an only child. Um, and she was at the academy, and she was doing... Uh, three sisters, and uh, Joyce Selznick, I think it was. No, oh, who was it? Uh, a famous woman uh, saw her. Joyce Selznick. Yeah, it was Joyce Selznick. Okay. And um, so they, she left the New York and went right out to Los Angeles when she was 16. And her mother signed off to let him take her. Oh. And so they went off to Hollywood, and they put her in a commercial, a Pepsodent uh, tooth thing. And that happened a lot back And she looked on camera, and that would go on, and that worked well. So they got her a, a part on a TV series. I think the first thing she did was on Route 66, I believe. I could be wrong about that, but it was mm-hmm. one of her persons for sure. And uh, then it was Gidget. Yeah, well, she was one of the 60s babes, that was for sure. I mean, you know, Elvis and beach movies and, you know, she she was definitely a name that uh, people remember. But here's the thing, see, she started out doing Three Sisters in New York. And she was 15 and a half, and she was on Off-Broadway doing Three Sisters. That's <laughs> the kind of actress she was. Oh. And And... So she went there and she became Gidget, and that's all they would allow her to be. Well, yeah, that and that it's happened all the nice. time. I mean, you know, you well, see that yeah, I'm not with so many careers in that way at all. I'm just saying that's one of the tragedies yeah. in Hollywood. Yeah, today it is. I mean, it's, it's always to the, me um, that's the trap. To me, it's always funny to see the footage of Michael Caine and Sean Connery doing Shakespeare. You know, because. They they didn't get to do anything more like that. They they went straight for you know, um, the whatever the buck Creatures. was. Well, I don't so. know about and that. I mean, I think first of all, I have a great respect for the British uh, process as far mm-hmm. as this business goes and actors. But it's kind of the same thing, though. Uh, oh, it's very different. It's it's very different. Yeah. It really is. And, and uh, those people there. You know, they're really thoroughly trained well, and I think that's a, you know, talk about what you need to make it in this business. 
I mean, look at it. Just look at the numbers on who's up on screen and doing all these incredibly wonderful things, and you find there's a hell of a lot of British people, and you've seen a lot of Australians because they come from the same thing. They got the same thing going on. They really are thorough about their process. They really are. They look at it as a craft, and they work at it as a craft, and they're disciplined at the craft. And then after they've got their chops and they got some bones in the yard, you know, then they start stepping out. And who can blame them? And then when they get something going and they got a name and they're coasting, they go back and they do theater. They do yeah. everything they want. It's, and it's it's very common. Where I do think with, uh, especially with old Hollywood, when we're talking about um, Deborah Wally and where she came from, it really was a trap to a degree. The studios put you where you wanted your own both studios. It's a, it was a different time, different world, and less control. Now yeah, you were um, you're and you're now married to Dev Ross, so you you exactly. have a thing for uh, big Hollywood ladies. She is. She's a she's an awesome talent. Mm-hmm. It. <laughs> yeah. You, and now you you've worked with everyone. Your very tell us about your very first production. What that was like. My very first production. Mm-hmm. Jeez, I don't know. How, see, here's the thing. When you ask me something like that, I've done different kinds of things in film and television over the period of my of doing that. So, you know, I can talk about crew stuff. I can talk about locations. You know, I mean, in other words, I'm a I'm a show business person. Um, I'm actually theatrical. I'm a theater person. My background, I come from the Playhouse. I'm really theater-oriented. I have a workshop now. I really, it's really theater-oriented. I'm a very theater-oriented per- person. And the things that, I, that I've done that I'm proud of stuff are all theater, theatrical stuff. You know, I, I've done a little, uh, you know, I got an Emmy nomination once for something I did for ABC. You know, and that was wonderful. But it, the experience of it was nothing, uh, nothing. Uh, compared uh, to, the to doing a, a, a little play in Sedona, Arizona. Uh, okay. it's, just, it's a world of difference. Well, then and, and, I'm going go to uh, corner you and ask you some questions. There was recently a director. I know, I know you've, you've got, you're a wonderful director. I can tell you myself, I've handed you very, very untalented actors, and you have made them work, and you have made them wonderful. We've used people because they have names, because they haven't, because they were there, for many, many reasons. Um, but one of the things I will say is you can pull a performance from anyone. There was a director quite recently, John was just talking about him. Um, you want to tell him about the gentleman and the train tracks, John? Oh, well, you know, I forget how long ago it was, but uh, they were doing the, the Greg Ullman story. It's an independent film, oh, yeah. and I believe in Georgia. And uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> they were told that they couldn't shoot on a railway line, so they did it anyway. And um, mm-hmm. a train came through and they couldn't get off the tracks quick yeah, enough. They were on a bridge. Yeah. And a girl was killed and another girl yeah. lost her arm and um but William Hurt was on I mean you can see William Hurt scrambling to get off the tracks. And um so they it uh, resulted in, you know, I think the director, I'm not sure about the producer, but uh, they they had to do some time. What do you think do you think the director should have had to have gone to jail for that? See, uh, that's a, it's a hard question, you know, and because you weren't in the huddle. <laughs> yeah. You understand my, what I'm saying here? Yeah, who, who uh, responsible? Because you don't know. I, I've, been, I've been on two pictures 
that had had major disasters. I was on uh, the Twilight Zone thing, and uh, I was mm-hmm. working on that movie at the same time that, that that tragedy happened. And I can tell you what crew people, you know, they had their feelings about it, and the whole court thing happened, and John Landis was, you know, was supposed to be responsible, and he didn't mm-hmm. get, you know, he got away, but other people, you know, didn't. Um, uh, uh, brainstorm, uh, Natalie Wood, uh, you know, we come back from North Carolina, we get in L.A., and we have a week as a transover, and boom, you know, she's gone. Um, and, then you, and then you hear, you know, the crew, and you know things, and it is, you know, you're on a set. Uh, it's really hard to say what he knew and what he didn't know. But I can tell you this. Those people at camera... And uh, those cap- the people at the camera, they knew, um, they knew what was going on. Yeah. They knew something because you can't help it. You're right there. So yeah. it, I don't know what they said. And so, uh, but I do know that the, uh, the director was found guilty and um, he was sentenced to prison time. And how do I feel about that? Well, I ultimately feel personally responsible. So I go to jail. Um, and, let, you know, I mean, I understand fighting and stuff like that. Um, but the truth of the matter is, is I feel as a director, uh, you really need to know everything that's going on. Because there's so many choices and decisions you have to make. You don't have time. Uh, you're really shooting from the hip a lot of times because there's schedules, there's issues, there's people, personalities, there's weather, there's yada, yada, yada. And then you're trying to be work with people who have their lives online because they're out in front of a camera. Uh, they're the ones with the mud lands on. And you, you want to give them time, yeah. but you don't have it. And, I mean, it's, there's a world of crap going on, you know, and you get Well, we got to... We've we got to go to break. We will be right, right back. Um, I think this is a very, very important issue, and I'm interested from a director's perspective of what you think because I can say I know that the producer was standing there saying you've got to get this done. So we will go to break, and when we get back, we will jump back on this topic because it is very, very interesting. If you guys have any comments, please jump on Behind the Scenes over on Facebook and tell us what you think. I'm Summer Helene. We are on with John Reynolds and John Kessner, and we will be right back. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Have you found the beauty inside of you? Join Bonnie Bonadeo each week for Beauty Inside and Out. We'll explain how beauty plays a part in everybody's lives. Our guests are makeup artists, hairdressers, and doctors. But we'll also feature holistic and wellness specialists and spiritual advisors. You can find that beauty inside and express it to its fullest on the outside. Tune in to Beauty Inside and Out every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Do the adventures of Indiana Jones leave you curious about this exotic and unusual profession? If so, don't miss Indiana Jones, Myth, 
Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology with Dr. Joseph Schuldenrein. You'll learn about forensics, ancient civilizations, and human origins. Listen to Dr. Schuldenrein and colleagues discuss their excavations and related archaeological topics, ranging from the unique to the sublime, and yes, even the mundane. Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology, live Wednesday, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific Time, on Voice America Variety. Do you want to expand the legacy that you leave behind? Get the inspiration you need by hearing from others who are doing just that. Listen for Your Why with host Nelina Varinas. The show features amazing guests who have saved lives, helped others, and brought forth hope to others around them. By hearing their stories, you can make some stories of your own. Your Why can be heard every Friday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. Hi, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene. And during the break, we were having a very, very interesting conversation actually about cocaine on sets and, you know, the best kind of sets to be on. So I am just going to let John and John, we've got John Kessner and, of course, the amazing John Reynolds talking about being on set. And I'm just kind of going to let you guys go because that was an interesting direction we were going here. Well, it was something I wasn't sure, you know, to bring up on the air, so I wanted to clear it before we came back. Well, you had asked, you had asked about cocaine on set. Yeah, and, I heard, know, one of the things I prevalent. heard was on the, the Twilight Zone, and this is going back, I don't know if everybody knows about this or not, I mean, it's all over, you can find YouTube footage and everything on it, there were two books about it, but in the early 80s, they were doing the Twilight Zone movie, and there were four or five stories they were doing, each individual with directors like Steven Spielberg, George Miller, uh, and the John Landis segment resulted in a tragedy. Just to kind of, you know, quickly recap, but uh, Vic, the actor Vic Moreau and two kids were killed when a helicopter crashed on top of them after some explosions on set while they were filming. And the result was a big trial and a lot of scrutiny after that. And one of the things I heard from someone who was writing a book about stunt, stunt people was that there was a lot of cocaine on that set, too. So they were taking reckless chances. Uh, the kids were there illegally. Um, it was after dark. They were shooting in a box canyon, actually, and the explosions were fudged to make them more dramatic, and that was a contributing factor to the helicopter coming down. So, and one of the things I wondered about, and a friend of mine who's an author told me, yeah, there was a lot of coke, there was a lot of people coked out. So, some bad decisions were made and were probably fueled by, you know, some magic dust. So, John. And so, we were sneaking and asking John, because, you know, these are friends, of, he was on one set, and these were friends of his from another. So, what are your thoughts on this, John? Uh, my take on that situation, as I understood, it's a little bit different. 
the, chi- the, co- the kids there at the time, that was the real issue. Everything else was circumstantial in that uh, my understanding was the kids were there and they shouldn't have been there. As far as them doing the stunt, um, I don't think, as I recall, at the time there was really an issue with that, I don't believe, which well, is the interesting thing. But it's an issue what was happened, that... and there wasn't extra stuff put in the, the powder thing uh, to, to go off uh, to, for that. But what happened is during the shot, the helicopter was requested to come further down into the shot. And okay. when, the, well, then... when, the, when the explosive went off, the lid hit the tail rudder, and, and, and the tail rudder broke up, and the helicopter dipped and forward and caught them as they were running out of the water. Well, the hey, there was testimony that one of the production guys noticed an uh, explosive inside one of the huts. It was supposed to be a Vietnamese village. He testified that there was, and he went to one of the uh, production people and said, hey, there aren't supposed to be any explosives inside the huts because um, that causes debris. And he was told, well, don't worry about it. That's not your, that's not your problem. So that was testimony in the trial. And hmm. what happened was, was the explosions went the off. What I heard from somebody on the set was basically that was, that's what happened, is that the, there was an explosive in the water. And it was supposed to blow up the water. That's all it was supposed to be, like a shell coming mm-hmm. in and hit it. And, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and the water was supposed to blow up. And it's a container with a lid on it. And the lid, because they pull the helicopter down in the shot below, by what I was understood, what the effects people told them was a limit. So there's a communication issue, as I understood it. And so the helicopter came down, the explosive went off, and it it, it did as I, you know, that's what I heard. So as far as the trial goes, I really didn't follow the trial too much because I was busy shooting on something else at the time. So... You know, you just talk about it. It's stuff that happens, and you just move on. <laughs> yeah. There, oh, you was, hear about, I mean, even in the Lone Ranger, we had a guy not, you know, on the Lone Ranger drowned in a tank, drowned in a tank. We've had, yeah, we, we have a lot of tragedies. It's a really dangerous industry. It is. Well, this, uh, on Dinosaur, uh, we had a grip crew um, loading a crane into the back of a, you know, a, a trailer, you know, on an off day. And the thing went up and it hit some power lines and killed two of them and super damaged the third one, the driver. Yeah. I'm I'm going to say something that's very, very unpopular in Hollywood and it's something um, I push a lot. Not a lot of people know. We sometimes do 18, 20 hours on set. You can do 18, 20-hour days. Then you're driving home. One of the most common ways people die in early death in Hollywood, aside from heart attack, is car accident. When you're dealing with people that are very, very tired and working very, very long hours, it's not a surprise that you would have cocaine around. It's not a surprise that you're having car accidents. And it's not a surprise that accidents aren't happening when you have very tired, very overworked people. The average difference in a work day from 1960 to now is drastic. And I'm it sorry, changes the decision making. When I came into Hollywood and I was working, you know, we would be working and at night, if we worked at nights, of course, or in our locations always, you know, we were, mm-hmm. had beer. And 
and they would yep. and they would go out and get us beer, and it'd be ice, and we'd wrap, and boy, everybody would be having their beer and wrapping away. You know, the very first, yep. <laughs> the very first time I ever went out on a location on a semi-mobile bus. It's an interesting situation. I was very, very new there. I could have been there maybe a week or so. And it was off of MGM, 6 o'clock in the morning, we're on this bus sitting there. I hear beer taps. I start smelling pot. (laughs) And I'm going, what? (laughs) I was fresh out of Texas. I was stunned. If those were wild and crazy days in the business, I, I don't know that it's that, that way in, as far as in the studios go. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, you know, I have a boy that's, you know, worked on some of the Supergirl stuff, and their hours are crazy. I mean, they're working that poor girl to death, and, you know, it's it's hard. And in my day, you know, we'd work on Fridays, and they'd work as late, and then it was a wrap because they didn't have, it's a union thing, so they don't have the, you know, they don't have short turnaround, and so they get more hours out of you without having to pay anymore. So exactly now it's Saturdays. Now they do it Mondays through Saturdays. It's like, oh man, that's that's brutal. You know, when you have brutal. an industry that everyone wants to be in, you can basically make anyone work for the hours you want. I figured out last year I made um, quite a lot of money. And when we broke it down to the hours I worked and the days I worked, it turns out I'm not even making minimum wage. And I make you a know, lot of money. That, but it, on that <laughs> level there, you know, you look at a show like Supergirl, you know, they're pretty much, you know, they're pretty much throwing a lot of money at it. I, I know they're, I know they're budget-minded. Don't get me wrong. I, I do believe they have discipline to a certain degree. But I do think that the idea of the show, when you just look at the basics of it, for example, you have a superhero. Most of your effect works works at nights. You know, you have a lot of stunt work. You have a lot of CGI, special effects, green screen, um, fight sequences. You know, every show has uh, this stuff in it. Every show has it in it. And, and that is a lot. And, and, to, and the requirements of today's uh, audiences, the, the discipline or the sophistication of us being able to look at our screens and see 4K, you know, TV, you know, that's, you know, that's akin to going to the cinema and watching a 35 millimeter on a big screen, you know, and it's a whole different world. So, you know, you have to kind of separate the independent world. So, you know, from the studio world and the television studio world from the TV and from the feature film studio world. Which is a different animal in itself. Well, I think and, and the, when you get out there, it, anything can happen. But the whole everybody's very disciplined. They're the best of the best. You got the well, best the, of the best making the I, best movies out there. I absolutely agree. But then the question becomes: You've got the best of the best having these accidents and suffering from exhaustion. What kind of hours are we putting on them? Um, we've got about three minutes until break. I'm going to ask you guys. We talk about in the industry, we talk about, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and the risk to people in the industry. We've all seen accidents on set. We've all seen, you know, we're going to say the good, the bad, and the ugly. With accidents on set, I'd like to know when we get back, I'm going to ask you, what is the, you know, what, what the worst accident you've seen, 
And how do you think they can be prevented and what advice can we give people coming into this industry to keep them safe? Okay. I mean... I mean, I think that's I think that's an I think that's an interesting one. You know, I I always tell people if they're telling you to jump off a bridge, please make sure you have a safety net, because especially mm-hmm. in the independent film world, people trying to get involved. I mean, it can be pretty rough on them. It is our very very last segment when we get back from the break in about one minute. So I want to talk a little bit about that. We have about fifteen minutes left of the show, guys. We are going to head to break. I am Summer Helene. We are on with John Kessner and John Reynolds. And we'll be right back behind the scenes. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in every week for Sex Out Loud. Host Tristan Taramino will discuss everything from sexual pleasure to sexual politics. Get an insider's perspective from leaders in the adult film industry, the LGBT community, and the sex-positive world. From kink to non-monogamy, nothing is off limits. Plus, you can call in to join the conversation. Sex Out Loud airs every Friday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel. If you are interested in real estate in America's largest city or anywhere, be sure to listen for Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Although our focus is on Manhattan and other real estate markets in and around New York City, we'll have plenty of information that will help you successfully buy, sell, and close a transaction no matter where you are in the world. Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco can be heard every Tuesday at 9 a.m. in New York, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. Hi, guys. Welcome back behind the scenes. I am your host, Summer Helene. We are on with John Kessner, who you all love, and the amazing John Reynolds. We are talking a little bit about Hollywood tragedies, a little bit about the wildlife on set, a little bit about sex, a little bit about violence, a little bit about drugs, and we are back. We have, this is our very, very last segment. We have about 10 minutes left. So I was going to ask you, John, you've been on a lot of sets. You've been with a lot of things. You've, you know, you've, you've dealt with some pretty wild people in the industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have. I <laughs> yeah, think so. Have. I don't know. So I know friends have some really great stories, too. <laughs> yeah. Why? Okay. 
Well, what I'm what I'm curious about is what would you say to people trying to keep themselves safe? I mean, people wanting to get in this industry, you know, we're 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 in the Cardassian era. Everybody wants to be famous, and everyone's looking for that magic drop of fame. What would you say to people wanting to keep themselves safe to avoid those kind of accidents? Well, I mean, personally, you know, my feeling about that is that you really have to know your craft. And I mean that to anybody and anyone they go to, and I mean that myself personally, I always tell that to actors. You better know your craft because that's the foundation. That's the thing that will hold you through it. But even if you know your craft, you know, there's things can happen. And, you know, I can think of, for example, many times in sets where stunts have gone wrong, and I've seen people go off in hospitals and uh, some of them never come back. And, um, you know, then there's the accidents of crew uh, falling from a pie, for example, or like I mentioned the other day or earlier, this, the guys on the thing. That was in the morning, you know, uh, off time. Uh, which is an interesting one to me. Always, I thought of it at the time, going, "Wow, that's wow, that's really interesting." What happened there? Because at nighttime, it's understandable, you know. You get, you work a lot of hours, you get pushed, and um, you know. And see, that's the that's the problem, you know. You go. I'm sorry to jump around like this, but you go back to the Superville thing. Those producers' concern are the very subject we're talking about because the exactly. more hours they push, number one, the star. And all the other people, the more opportunities for that stuff to happen. And then it really gets horrible. And so the, the thing that holds it together, frankly, is the fact that the people are really good. They're craftsmen. They're good at what they do. But mistakes will happen. Mistakes do happen. And i got to say this. You know, they, there are a thousand people lined up. If, if Supergirl wants to quit, they'll just replace her with someone else. There's always someone waiting in the wings to take your spot. So I think people are more willing to take these risks because we're all so replaceable in Hollywood. We are well, every I, single one I, of us. It's certainly, it's, it's kind of like professional football. You know, in other words, you know, you get the kids out of college, well, you, and it turns out the first year to be a Super Bowl quarterback, boy, you've made yourself a whole hell of a lot of money because you didn't have to put any money out for him. You had him under contract for three years. And you can ride that for three years and have to pay him nothing. But some meaningful thing. Meanwhile, other quarterbacks in the league doing the same thing are marking down hundreds of millions, $100 million a year or so. That's it. You know, so, you know, it's a system. And, if you can, and the only way, and my, this goes back to acting, frankly, any of the crossing, but mostly in my mind, I really care for actors. You know, that's why knowing your craft is so critical to your success. And when I talk about accidents happening to stuntmen, it's a different reality for actors. And those accidents are choices you make in material, choices you make in company, and choices in your activities after work. Your ability to differentiate your work from real life. What's the craziest thing you've seen, John? What's the craziest Um, thing or coolest thing you've ever seen that you were part of? Craziest things. Um, well, I don't, I, I'll tell you kind of a weird one. I'm just going to flip on you. I was okay. working on a show once uh, called Family. 
I worked on the pile of that. Well, in those days, they called it the movie of the week. And the with idea Christy McNichol? Did, huh? The one with Christy McNichol? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, and so um, they, um, they would do the movie and play it on television, and if it got really good cues, then the studio would order, you know, some episodes. Which yeah. is what those, those people were after. We did the family thing. So we worked on that. We did it. We shot the whole thing. It played. And then we'd come in to do the series. It happened real fast. It went from one right to the other. It was amazing. They loved the show. Boom, it was done. So we went to the series, and we shot a scene right before lunch with a young girl, the star, the young star, the sister, the daughter. And, and it, we come back from lunch, and we're standing around, and the UPM comes down and goes, uh, it's, it's, uh, oh, we stood around for longer, almost an hour. And the AD said, well, there's something going on. We'll be. And then pretty soon, the production manager comes in, and he goes, okay, gentlemen, during lunch, they fired the girl, and they have a new actress coming in to play her part. Yep. And, and so please be sensitive to this, <laughs> you know. And so uh, he Maybe goes no out in a few moments to bring Merit back to Bernie. In. And uh, so we do this exact same scene with her that we just did before lunch with the other girl. Now, here's the deal. Here's Meredith coming on a show that the whole crew has worked with this one girl, and they fired her. Imagine you fired that girl and brought her in, and now she's walking into it. So imagine what that must have felt like. The mm. angst. And, and she comes in, and she said, and we're, it's funny thing about it is we shot the same exact setup that we were shooting at lunch when we cut. She walked in, we didn't move a thing, and she sat right down, right where we were, and she sat at the table. It was a uh, medium plus up on her, and and the director said, are you ready? And she said, can I have a moment? And he said, yes. And then she started this thing on her tongue, whipping all over her, and her face distorted, and she went on like that for maybe 10 seconds, and then she stopped. She goes, okay, I'm ready. He goes, okay, roll. And she never looked back. And that's when I fell in love with Meredith Baxter Burney. <laughs> wow. See, that's wonderful. That is absolutely yeah. wonderful. Did they have yeah, her on standby or something? We were good buddies on that show. And we used to talk a lot. And, you know, she'd get in trouble for talking to me. Uh, but we were just, she was just a wonderful human being. And a uh, delightful human being. We had wonderful conversations, and I really enjoyed her a lot. It was a good show to work on, frankly. Uh, everybody was, you know, we had, there was, uh, you know, the younger, some of the, you know, Gary had his things, Christy was Christy, you know. But it, it was, Saber was awesome. And um, Matthew uh, Broderick's father was, uh, he, was he was so wonderful. Well, we actually have one minute to go. Um, John, what advice, if you had to say in one sentence, what would you tell to people that want to get in this industry, want to get famous, want to get known? What would you say? It better be the only thing you want in your life. Yep. 
that's if, fair. Because if you don't, if you if it ain't that, you'll never make it. It's it takes every 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 ounce of your willpower, guys. I mean, I'm gonna. It cannot give... be a second job or nothing. No, it's got to be everything. Focus, it's got to be your world. John, thank you so much for being on the show. I'd love to have you on again. We got really caught up, guys. I'm sorry to those of you on Facebook that we didn't answer anything. We got caught up talking. I want to give a quick shout-out to Dow. I still love my hair from uh, David Andrews Salon in Palm Springs. Thank you very much for saving my butt after my hair got screwed up. John, thank you very, very much for being on. You actually just directed Let's Dance USA. It's a new show coming out. Guys, we'll talk some more about that. I'm going to say thank you very much for joining us on Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene. Our guest today was John Reynolds. Absolutely amazing. If you guys get a chance, look him up. Look at what he's doing. He's got a new show coming out called Let's Dance USA. It is a very, very good show. He has worked on everything with everyone. He is a great voice into the industry, and he is somebody that can tilt you in the right direction. So if you're in Sedona, Arizona, anytime soon, check out his workshop. It is absolutely wonderful. Thank you again to uh, John Kessner for being on the show. I know you all love him. I'm Summer Helene, and this was Behind the Scenes. Thanks for checking out the show. Behind the Scenes can be heard live on the Voice America Variety Channel every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. Be sure to join Summer Helene for more Scoop next week.